Are you ready to spring into action in your garden, but the weather isn't cooperating? On this episode of Garden Time, we talk about a few of the late winter chores you can tackle before the spring arrives. We also talk about what you should avoid doing right now. All coming up next on Garden Time. Garden Time is brought to you by Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. Where it's your, your way, way on, on the, the parkway. parkway. Welcome to the Garden Time Podcast. We're based in the Pacific Northwest of the United States in a Zone 8 region. This zone deals with plants that can survive in 10 degrees Fahrenheit or warmer. I'm producer Jeff Gustin with your hosts Judy Alaruzzo and Ryan Seeley. And welcome to Garden Time. We are back again with Jan McNeilan, a retired OSU Extension agent from Oregon State University. And Jan uh, used to do a monthly tips with us on our regular TV show. Now, since we're doing the podcast, we are only going to do this kind of on a quarterly system. And the last time you were here, you had so much information. It was literally a book. <laughs> well, I um, figured you guys... People were asking, how can I get this book? Yeah. You can't. Yeah. No. no. No, it was, it, it really was, I, we never finished the end part. We were supposed to have uh, what to do in the garden this particular month. And, uh, it, and we never, fit. I never finished uh, the landscape design piece of it. So it sits there, and now I get to use it a little more. Excellent, yeah. excellent. You have to listen to our podcast. To Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the OSU, Oregon State mm -hmm. University Extension Service, has a um, wonderful library of information. Yeah. You can go there. They have garden calendars if you don't know what to do here in the Pacific Northwest, specifically Western Oregon, Eastern Oregon. They have Right. a list of things you can do every month. And so we're going to talk about some of the things you can do in late winter, early spring going into it. And I see our old friend pruning is at the very, very yeah, top yeah. again. So yeah. um, what are the tips for pruning? Because I know for roses, President's Day here in the Pacific Northwest is kind of the unwritten rule to go back and do your spring pruning. And I'll, that could be pretty harsh pruning too. It's not... Yeah cutting it off down to your waist or your knees. Now you're supposed to really give them a good one. Right, right. Um, well, you can't. I mean, it's not, people need a reminder being President's Day, oh, I get this time to do my roses. But you, you could do it now, and it's supposed to be really cold, and it might force some new growth. And then when the weather warms up and the, the new growth died because it's cold, you just prune it a little more. And so, or you wait and you think, oh, I'm never getting to it. It's April and what am I? You can still prune them. You're just going to have flowers later in the year. So there's, there, there's hard and fast rules, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if, put it on your calendar that from here on, I'm going to prune the roses. So, and there's lots of good information on rose pruning. And we have so many segments from Garden Time. Absolutely. All yeah, those yeah, links yeah. and things yeah. in the archives. So. But it is kind of important to remember that, you know, whenever you're pruning, you know, it's an estimate, right? I mean, yeah, it's not, sure. that, not a hard, right. fast rule that you have to do it here. Oh, yeah. You've got to kind of adjust, you know, right. depending on your weather and what's right. in, in the forecast. And, and you can do your grapes now or in January 
or to you know March or early April and um, same thing you're just gonna get later fruit and people really worry about um, grape vines squirting out water out of <laughs> where you cut it and folks are like do I put a tourniquet on it and uh, <laughs> uh, instead it's just that those vines are starting to come alive and you're pruning them later than you would in January or February and they're just pumping water out of the ground so it's not, it's not going to hurt. I remember we did a tried to do a story with Bernadine Strick, um, OSU researcher, on pruning blueberries and mm -hmm. our TV season always started at the beginning of March and she already had everything already pruned right. for blueberries in February. And so for her, that was kind of the time that she did it at the research station. Right. But for the home gardener, I mean, you could do it even when they have berries on them, but it's not really the right. optimum, right. you know, or optimal time. Right. And with blueberries, what are you looking for to prune? Because they don't take a lot of pruning, but what do you look for to, if you wanted to? Normally, it's a third, a third, a third. And so you take a third of the old stuff out. Because blueberries bloom and fruit on new growth. Mm. So you're wanting there to be healthier, newer growth. So you take a third of the older canes out, and next year you take a third of the older canes out, and, and that's all you need to do. So you leave, except for diseased or broken branches or whatever, but you're leaving about two-thirds of the plant. And the older ones, they look old. I mean, they compared do. They're to the kind of shaggy yeah. and brown right. compared to green. Yes, <laughs> yes. So what about other plants, and uh, like apples and that kind of stuff? Well, when they're dormant, how much pruning have you done? Winter pruning. Winter pruning, you know, I'm doing some perennial <laughs> stuff, just clean mm -hmm. up from yeah. through my yard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I haven't done too much, but it's... You know, for me, it's a lot of weather dependent, mm -hmm. sure. right? Because sure. you know, we have you know long stretches where it's rainy and dreary and cold yeah, for months on end, and right. I'm not going to go out no. and prune just because the calendar it says, says it to. might do. Right. Absolutely. But you know, we'll we'll get a nice nice week. Like we have some really nice weather right now, or we have some sunshine. We got cold temperatures at night. Twenty five and sunny. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So you kind of balance that out, and then for me, it's always kind of my yard debris can is is filled from <laughs> right, 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 or not yet. Right. Right. Well, you can prune pretty soon some of the spring blooming plants are going to start, the camellias and the, uh, the other spring bloomers. And so you can prune, or you should actually prune, spring blooming plants after they bloom because they set the new buds for the following year. So if you wait a long time, you're, you're not going to get as much set um, and you just it also helps you clean up the debris from especially the larger camellias. Right. And I know you told us before you get uh, calls when you were working for Extension with people call say, I didn't get any blooms this year. And oh, it's right. like, well, when did you prune? Yes. You pruned too late yeah. and you pruned off essentially all your blooms for that year. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Is that pretty true going throughout, even like in summertime, you know, you get some things, you know, like spireas or some mm -hmm. of the viburnums that are the later bloomers, you know, typically want to prune after something is done blooming? I think the rule of thumb is spring blooming plants you prune after, after they, they're blooming. Yeah, done and blooming. others, depending on how long it's going to be before winter, I think I'd be more careful about mm -hmm. that. Like rhodes, you nazalias, you need to prune them after they right. flower because they'll also set their buds. Right. Yeah. Forsythia, probably? Yeah, because it's spring right. bloomer. Yeah. Lilacs, so all those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. So I know a lot of it. You, you mentioned the, the nice weather, Ryan. A lot of people are getting out and they want to clean up their garden. Is it too early? To clean up? No, except to rake off your mulch. Yes. You still want to do have some root protection when it's still cold. Uh, and then later on, you can rake that off. But as far as cleanup, right now, my backyard is really filled with uh, fir branches. Mm. And so, but all the neighbors around, they're new, fairly new to the neighborhood. Um, they all just went right out after that windstorm and they cleaned it all up and I didn't. Um, because it's going to happen again, and then I'd have to do it twice. Right. <laughs> a smart woman. Yeah. Yeah. So, so are we wanting to wait until after we're past all of those hard hard freeze dates or just kind of watch the calendar before we... Because well, some things in my yard are already starting to emerge. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Know, to come up, you know, well, hellebores are blooming. And, right, right. Well, I, ha I do have, that's a good point, because I, um, I do have... The pots on the south side of the garage that have got leaves over the top of them, but the daffodils are coming through, it, a lot of different bulbs in pots. Mm -hmm. So um, pretty soon I need to do that because the leaves are going to make all those leaves yellow instead of green. Right. So, yeah. And that brings up a sunshine. point about bulbs yeah. too, because Judy gets us at, at Nows. Mm -hmm. People come in, their bulbs are starting to show up, and we just had super cold weather. They're saying that we could have some more cold weather on the way people start getting a little anxious when they start sure. seeing the, the bulbs starting to pop. It's not a problem, is it? Not really, because um, I've seen daffodils in full bloom in ice. Hmm. I mean, and then it melts and they're still there. It seems like my crocus are usually oh, yeah. bloom, bloom more in the snow than they do in the... <laughs> right, I do have snowdrops out I do right too, now. they're so pretty. Uh, they really are. But no, what you're seeing first are not the flower buds. You're seeing the leaves, and they come up first. And I've rarely, if ever, seen any daffodil shoots coming up, no matter what the snow, ice, or what. That's why they start to grow them this time of year, because they can tolerate the cold. Yeah. Mother Nature's got a pretty yeah. good <laughs> instinct yeah. about Much when it's supposed mine. to start yeah. emerging yeah. And, exactly. and, and exactly. judging them, probably more so than mm -hmm. we do. Yeah. Well, I know that our pots are not as hardy as the bulbs are because the bulbs are coming up and our pots are starting to crack from the freeze. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah. that just tells me that we didn't have enough good enough drainage. There yeah. was water in the pot yeah. and it actually forced it and, yeah. and it's starting yeah. to break. So um, weeds. <laughs> Is it too early to weed? When we talk about February, I know as we get into March and that kind of thing, um, we talk about weeds and trying to get them before they go to seed. And I already noticed that we're getting weeds that are yeah. flowering. It's ne never too early to weed. <laughs> <laughs> we were hoping to say something yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> sure, because the more it goes to seed, the more weeds you're going to have. So um, actually a good time to weed is in the fall when before winter and spring happen, then you're removing the potential of them starting to pop and, and uh, flower. Well, I'll probably notice as you know, you're talking about you know the mulch that you've left in your beds mm -hmm. over over mm -hmm. winter, you know, to help insulate those plants. As you start to things emerge and start to remove that, that's when you're going to find yeah. a lot of a lot of weeds that have been harboring over the winters in there. Right. You know, bug aphids. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. that but you've also the the flip side of that is that um, you've also provided protection for all the beneficial yeah, right. insects. Mm -hmm. So. Um, it's not that you're going to have any more slugs because you have leaves on the bed. You're really not. 
Um, so the benefits are better. The, right. Yeah, and there again in the fall, if you bait for slugs in the fall, you have a lot less slug problem in the spring because those little guys can lay as many as 100 eggs each. Yeah. <laughs> so. you know, and, and baiting for slugs, is that something we should be looking at now as we're, as we're cleaning out our bed? As I, if there's da showing damage, yes, but I would um, wait a little bit because they're not going to be out. The time to bait is in the fall when there's so many eggs, but I would just do it when you see damage. Oh, and you will when the hostas start to pop oh, yeah. and right. all the uh, tender plants do. Mm -hmm. You're bringing up a whole thing about temperature here. <laughs> and uh, it's really still a little cold for a lot of things, even in the garden to start up. Yeah. I mean, slugs to hatch and that kind of thing. Right. Um, so as people pull um, weeds, you know, they could be dispersing weed seeds. But the weed seeds now won't necessarily germinate until so it warms warm. up a little yeah. bit. And so, yeah. and that's true with everything. Is, sure. is that, I mean... Well, because like every seed packet you have, it tells you what temperature they'll germinate at. I remember you had the temperature written down on I write on your, it on the on package, the seed package so yeah, I yeah. don't seed it too soon. <laughs> yeah. Once I know what the soil, which we have talked about every year for all mm -hmm. these years, yes. uh, that soil temperature is important. And that's so fascinating. And I think you've taught us that because you don't think about it. You think, oh, the air temperature, it's warm, it's, that the it's soil. It's beautiful out, but it's 25. Right, right. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly, because yeah. you just don't think about it. And you have yeah. that great thermometer to show yeah. us. And yeah. So um, since you're talking about we, we were talking about weed seed, a lot of people use pre-emergence. Is that I tend to stay away from that because yes, it stops the weed seeds from germinating, but it also I think stops a lot of the other things in the garden from doing their thing. It, the labels on pre-emergence are really big because there's a lot of lists of what it'll work on, what it won't work on, what to use it on, what not to. So really the best advice is thoroughly read, read those labels. And when you switch from an ornamental bed to a f garden bed, you know, <laughs> make sure you know that now that I'm going to do this bed, does this work for that? Mm. Right. True. Yeah. Because we, you can damage a lot of, you know, emerging, sure. you know, perennials sure. that are sure. starting, starting to come sure. up right. when you're using the pre-emergence sure. creates that kind of that gaseous yeah. layer mm -hmm. right under the soil. Yeah. So anything trying to pop up through that, yeah. including perennials, may sure. be yeah. damaged. I think sometimes you want such a quick fix and it's like, yeah, we got a weed. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> I know? think people, yeah, they yeah. don't want a weed. And it's yeah. like going, I only want to pull these once. Right. Sorry, nature's way ahead yeah, of you right. on this one. So, yeah. Um, Look at it as a therapy. You're out in your garden, yes. and you know you're. It's just a mindless kind of thing, and just get, you get to relax and be sure, outside. Yeah. It's sure. like I love weeding though for that. Yeah, yeah. because well, it's my quiet a, time. There's a difference too. You can see what you've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks yes. Because yeah. well, I, I was out last weekend because you know we had had a nice, you know, one of those early breaks in the in the weather, and so doing doing some weeding and select pruning. But I even got into I mowed my lawn. Whoa. I'm like it's sunny out. And yeah. I'm like, should I be doing that? Should yeah. I not? It was a little rangy from, oh, from winter time, but I'm like, I don't think it's going to do it heart, any harm. Yeah, the only time I don't is because I have a high water table in the mm. backyard, and when I use my tractor, um, I, I have all these tire marks in the mud <laughs> in the lawn. <laughs> but using a you know, regular yeah. mower, and you know, 
mow it, and it just looks so nice and yeah. smells good. Right. So. Mm -hmm. it, it made me aware of how much moss I have in my, uh, <laughs> in my, in my lawn now. Another to-do. This is the yes. time of year. Yep. And I actually, uh, for those listening, I'm wearing my OSU uh, turf grass shirt that we got from Alex down at Oregon State University when we did the story on turf grass. And he was mentioning that um, there are certain things you can do in the winter, you know, mowing and that kind of stuff. But once again, it's a temperature thing in yeah. that applying fertilizers, they could just be washing away because just, yeah. the plants are not ready. Grass yeah. plants too, or yeah. like any other plant, it just could be too cold for mm -hmm. them. So, Well, when you're seeding, uh, yeah. doing some repair or whatever on the lawn. The, the dates that I always learn from OSU is from uh, April 15th to October 15th. So anything before April 15th, in other words, that grass is really not going to grow that yeah, much. Right. And after October 15th, it's going to be too cold. Right. And the same that you would mention moss and a lot of the moss control. I know this isn't a huge thing around the country. In fact, we were talking with a representative, sales representative, and he said the two big moss areas are the northeast, um, up in like Maine, and the Pacific Northwest, sure. just because of the conditions yeah. we have. Uh, and applying that product, once again, could be, could be too early because sure. of the mm -hmm. temperature. Sure. So. It won't work. Sure. And we're all busy. I mean, and to do something, they have to do it again. And the chemicals are not right. cheap. No. So yeah. it makes sense to yeah. look at it and make, make sure you read it. I mean, we, yeah. we try to tell people that all the time, to read the instructions, because there was a lot of money, all that research. Right. So. So um, what else do we so, have on, on the... Yeah, so we've done a lot of cleaning up. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what, you know, we're starting to see, you know, the, the garden centers are, are waking up, you know, things are, are flowering, and they'll kind of get the bug to want to get out and maybe plant some Thanks. So what about planting this, this time of year? Well, depends on what it is. Uh, we're talking about seeds and mm -hmm. those have their own constraints, but um, this time of year, even though it's cold, anything that's an outdoor ornamental will be fine. Uh, you don't mulch your trees in the winter, they make yeah. it fine. But uh, you, any kind of, of planting you do now is fine because it gets them a nice start for spring. They may just sit there after you plant them, but, right. but when the soil starts to warm up, they will too, and then they get established a little sooner. Because we're starting to see, you know, a lot in the, the garden centers now, a lot of bare root mm -hmm. items, you know, and, you know, and maybe talk a little bit about bare root items and versus potted and mm -hmm. what it, you know, special treatment and maybe what it takes to, to plant a bare root, and that is the time of year to be doing that. Sure, a bare root is a deciduous plant that loses its leaves, and so bare root is ready to plant because it's is not uh, leafing out yet, and so the cold colder the soil is, it's fine because it'll get uh, that head start. Now, bald and burlap may uh, also be the same idea, but if you start seeing, uh, if it's not in a pot, if you start seeing trees that are bare root leafing out, um, the sooner you get them in the ground, the better right. it'll be. Yeah, because there's no, no. no pot of soil that's no, holding there's those nothing roots. to they're, hold them. They're moisture. typically wrapped in right. you know, some sort of, right. you know, like a peat product or, mm -hmm. you know, bark or shavings yeah. or something and yeah. wrapped in mm -hmm. plastic. Or not at all. You just pull yeah. it out of the sawdust and it'll paint on it. And you mentioned bald and burlap. And for those people that are listening and, and watching, it's when they essentially dig the plant with its entire root system already in the soil 
from the farm and then they just put burlap around right. it and then tie it off. It's funny is that you go into the garden centers now and you start to see bare root roses, but you also see potted roses, which were bare root roses two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. employees have just put them in right. pots for you yeah. to help them root out a little bit right. more. So right. Judy, what else are you guys seeing at the garden center right now for planting? Um, so all the fruit trees. So if you're looking for fruit trees, the, it's the best selection because if you wait too long, you know, yeah. in March, we start potting them all up. It's like all those good varieties that you want or the newer varieties, they're gone. Yeah. And you have to wait a whole nother year. So, um, but we have a really good selection and I think so many of the independents do. Um, strawberries, we're expecting those and you get the bundles of those. Um, bundles of onions will start coming in, asparagus roots. So, you know, potatoes will start coming in a little bit later, probably late March or so. So all that stuff is coming. So that's what's so exciting about it is you get first crack of it. And you're still see seeing some late winter, early spring ornamentals mm -hmm. too that are sure. in the garden centers that can be planted right now. Oh yeah, Oof. definitely. And it's a great time. We always tell people, go at different seasons to see what's yeah. blooming or look in your neighborhood and so that you have those things in your garden, you know, so you have a four season garden. Right. And so that's really kind of fun to see what's blooming in this middle to end of winter. And they're surprising a lot of color. Definitely, yeah. Right now with, you know, the, mm -hmm. the pansies and the primrose and the hellebores and some of these early blooming perennials that are, you know, naturally mm -hmm. coming up with their color now. It's, yeah. it's time to be out and oh, freshen yeah. up your pots or little areas. Witch hazel are looking really great now. Yeah. So, um, you there on your list here. You have uh, tune-up sharpening <clears> and that kind of stuff. So a lot of people that didn't get that done in the in the fall, now's a good time to get out there yeah. and do that. And yeah. Because I know everybody's starting to itch to get out. So, <laughs> sure. um, what kind of specifics could you give? Well, for? sharpening your hand pruners and your loppers and things like that. Uh, and knowing how to do it right or having somebody that knows how to do it right. Um, I just have a grinder in the garage. Oh, <laughs> and nice. that's yeah. Lucky you. Let's have a sharper party. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so that um, I'm really guilty of sometimes leaving a shovel where it's a little moist. Yeah. So um, sometimes just cleaning that up and sharpening that shovel is going to make your... Uh, you're digging for uh, planting in the spring a lot easier, especially with our clay soils that are, you know, resistant to dig. Mm. <laughs> um, you, I see on the list of uh, moles and gophers. Are they starting to get active or is it still too early? Oh, um, I've still, no, I've got a few that are still <laughs> start moles. Um, and the difference, there's a difference between moles and gophers. You don't, uh, the uh, gophers are more herbivores, meaning they'll eat your plants and bulbs, and moles are more, I'm looking for the earthworms in the soil, and not, the not and, for plants. Yeah. Yeah. But, and the mole hill is a volcanic, uh, mole, round volcanic with uh, the exit hole in the top. A gopher hole is shaped like a teardrop, and it goes longer on one side, and the hole where the exit hole is, or entrance, um, is at the top. So it's narrow at the top and goes into a, a teardrop, and that's a gopher. And these are very polarizing animals for a lot of gardeners because, <laughs> yes. yes, we all know they turn the soil and they uh, circulate yeah. nutrients and, and take organic material down into the soil, but they can really do a number on uh, garden beds. What's your advice to people? 
I mean, tolerate them. I uh, was going to say, yeah. Um, for me, I get excited when I see such nice soil. <laughs> <laughs> it is beautiful soil. Yeah, it's really all worked up. Yeah, really, thank it's you. Working. Yeah. I scoop mine up and put it in the pot yeah, and go, me too. go use it. Yeah, the rest me of too. That is smart. So there was a deal for a while, and I actually hesitate to say it, that if, if they eat worms, then if you didn't have any worms, you treat your lawn or whatever, uh, so there aren't any worms. And also, if you do that, you're killing off every other insect that's yeah, there, right. and it's not the right thing to do at all. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know, if you put it on the lawn, you don't know where they're gonna pop up. And so you may be treating a huge lawn for two moles that are on one side. Yeah. So there are, tra I think the traps are really the most effective. There's all sorts of uh, other home remedies that may sound wonderful, uh, but don't work at all. Yeah. The, um We've talked to some people that have, have traps on the market, and they talk about how people try to drive them away. And as long as you have tunnels and you have a food source, they're going to they're come there. back. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's yeah. just it's... a temporary measure. And a lot of people, you know, there's, they're, they're God's creatures, and you, we don't yeah. want to do them. Yeah. And the other ones are like, you know, well, let's send them to see God a little sooner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. Like the high-frequency yes. things. Yeah. It's yes. like it yeah. just may drive your dog crazy, but right. it won't hurt yeah. the moles. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Road, road flares and all yeah, sorts right. of things. Yeah. Yeah. More like eggs. Yeah. Well, I do the best story I ever have. Ray told me once that a friend of his had moles all over his lawn. So he heard that if you just take one of these propane torches and just blow it down the holes, and then he lit it and his whole lawn blew up. Yeah. From every mole, and, mole oh, no. there was. And I've seen a couple of videos like that. Yeah, it's, it's like, just crazy. Oh, I know. And, so, you know. <laughs> and it's a guy in, in flip-flops throwing a match. And right. It's like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we're talking, talking tool sheds and cleaning up tools. So, you know, I was also out cleaning up my tool shed last weekend because it's, you know, I hadn't been in there in, mm -hmm. in several months since fall. And I noticed there was a good time to do it, but the varmints had gotten in over the winter. So uh, squirrels had gotten in. I had piles of grass seed everywhere and mice eating through bags of things. Yeah. And I had to, you know, clean a lot of that out. But then I also realized I have, you know, bags of, partial bags of old fertilizers, old chemicals, old sprays that I haven't used in a long time. And I think that's probably pretty common for a lot of people. What do we do with them? Um, if you're lucky enough to live close, and I know we're talking to a lot of Willamette Valley people but and not Eastern Oregon, et cetera. I don't know what the resources for recycling, but find out um, where you could take hazardous waste because that's what it all is. Mm -hmm. The chemicals, the fertilizers, uh, things that you question, take it anyway, and they'll tell you whether or not. And here in Portland, that the there's the Metro recycling mm -hmm. hazardous waste at all of the the larger, right, all of that. yeah, because you don't want to throw it in your garbage can yeah. to go mm -hmm. right. go into the landfill because that's no. just leaching into yeah, the, into for the sure. ground for sure. in the waters. But. For sure. So. And, that, and I know that uh, you know across the country, around the world, you can always go to your local garden center, and a lot of times they will have Recycling. your local yeah. resources to yeah. uh, to dispose of chemicals safely. Because right. um, no government wants you to be pouring no, it into not the, at all. In the storm not drains at all. or anything. So, but it's yeah. there's it's getting easier to get somewhere to take it than it used to be. Right. 
Excellent. Well, um, that was pretty much just the first couple of paragraphs here <laughs> for February. Um, but what, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to go a little bit later in winter and earlier into spring and talk about some of the tips for, um, that you can be doing at that time. And we'll be right back after a word from Capital Subaru. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing, to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family, where it's your, your way, way on, on the, the parkway. parkway. Garden Palooza is back. Join us on April 1st at Bauman's Farm and Garden. See over 30 plant growers and garden vendors. There's free parking and free admission. Enter to win a garden arbor and more. Garden Palooza, Saturday, April 1st at Bauman's Farm and Garden in Woodburn. At Portland Nursery, we believe that gardening is a creative endeavor that enriches our experience, enlivens the spaces around us, and provides a safe haven for the mind. Portland Nursery has everything you need to make your space feel unique, inviting and exciting. From houseplants and hedges to trees, tools, veggies and herbs, our selection is always growing and changing, just like you. Come visit us today at 50th and Stark, 90th and Division. And welcome back to Garden Time. Um, we're talking about uh, late winter, early spring tips with Jan McNeilan, retired Oregon State University Extension agent, uh, back with us again. And um, we talked a little bit in the first half about seeds and seed planting. And I know Judy has a whole list here of stuff <laughs> to talk about about seeds. So go ahead, Judy. So, you know, we, at the garden center, we have like walls and walls of seeds and people are so excited. And so they're just picking all of them. And it's like, and I think you get so excited about seeds, but there really is like a, a list of successful tips to do seeds and timing and how to do it. So what, what can you give us that will kind of help us with that? I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> it's, it's different every year, but uh, I don't have, some people have a nice win, windowsill that they mm. can uh, use uh, to get enough light to start seeds. Sometimes you need to grow light. Uh, sometimes it won't work at all. Or one time I did them all in the house in the kitchen with light and a heating pad underneath mm -hmm. and I had a, a full flat. It, everything came up great. So I put it out on the deck to water it. I left it overnight and the slugs ate the whole flat. Yeah. So you never know. But I had success with right, the right. seed, yes. just not with the slugs. Right. Um, so. Not everybody it finds it easy to grow their own seeds. It's a nice challenge. It is. Um, but making sure that the timing is right and the light is good and they get enough warmth. Yeah. So for like, uh, so it's going to be like, um, say, the end of March uh, or so. And maybe we have beds that are ready. So those seeds can go right out. Some of them can go out. There's, it's that hardier type of vegetable that, mm -hmm. that can take that. So which ones would go right into our beds? Carrots potatoes, seed potatoes. Right, you cut them up, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, other coal crops such as broccoli and kale and things like that you can do direct seeding. Peas? Uh, peas? Peas, uh, absolutely. Um, no. They could do that. You could do peas now. In February? Yes. Okay. And does that matter where in the country? I mean, it's pretty much uh, they're when you can hardy. work the soil. Okay. Let's put it that way, and and it it still may be cold, but peas will germinate easily in cold. Um, let me think. Lettuces. Lettuce lettuce works fine. You just want to wait for the cucumbers and the squash and the green beans and those things. You want to wait till the soil is much warmer. But look on the package, and it will say what the soil temperature is that they will begin to germinate. And if you have a soil thermometer, you'll know if it's time. Right. And so say the warmer things, like that we're going to put out, like our peppers and tomatoes, basil. So we can start those, but maybe wait until the end of March or so to do those? Yeah, but also some of them take longer than others. So there again, you look at the package and see how long... It takes from seed to germination to crop, um, and so that'll help direct you depending on what it is you're uh, you're trying to grow. Because some of that stuff, like you're saying, like the basil, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, basil can't be put outside for you know till like June, yeah, yeah. Right. Late, right. late May, June. Mm -hmm. so exactly. The earlier you start some of that, it may get up ready time, and then what do you what do you, yeah. you do you yeah, do with it so before stretched. you can put then it out? Then you keep yeah. pinching it back. Yeah, you <laughs> use it. <laughs> But you were mentioning, too, uh, we have a package of Renee's mm -hmm. seeds here. And their website, depending on where you are in the country, they have specific planting information mm -hmm. based on where you are in the country. And there's right. so much information on the back Absolutely. of the package. Absolutely. There really is. And it's like, an, I think even Renee's has recipes on her website, Some which do, is yeah. really great. Yeah. But yeah, so much information. It'll tell you where to put them, where to plant it, dates to harvest, mm -hmm. because you want to have that kind of ballpark of like, when do I even like start looking to pick it? So I think that it's always a lot of good information on there. Sure, well, sure. Judy, and you, brought up, you brought up tomatoes, and I know in the retail <laughs> setting, the minute that it starts getting nice out, oh. you guys put out tomatoes, but you also have warnings on the tables with the tomatoes, yeah. correct? Yes, and so tomatoes, I mean, think about it. It's, it. They're a warm season vegetable, and so we want to put them out the end of April, and it's like, no, don't put them out the end of April. But you can get like the little caps for them, the walls of water for them, the row covers. You know, so you have to protect them. Um, leave them on the deck under cover. But yeah, people just start itching to get out there. But wait, wait for for that. And the, and you like I said, the signage is there. It says protect from frost, and <laughs> no and people will buy stuff and not protect it, and yeah. then they're back again in a month to buy the plants all over yeah. again. So. Yeah. And you learn. I think that that's, you know, it's that excitement for the spring and, sure. and you learn after a while. Sure. Um, and then also on the um, packages, there's like a date, like a use-by date, mm -hmm. or not a use-by date, but when are they are packaged. So do I have to throw these away? I mean, I found in my pantry a bag of seeds that were like somewhere five or six years old. So how do you know which ones to throw away? Or there's some that you can keep year after year. Right. Well... There's a couple ways. Sometimes people save their own seed, mm. and then you also buy the packets as well. Depends on how the seed was treated, and and, and I don't mean with a chemical. Just has it? Does it? Was it in light? Um, was it warm? Was it cold? Uh, what was the environment that. of that right. package? Or mm. if you've collected your own seed, um, have you kept it dry? It, you know, if there's any mold in the seeds, it, they're gone. Um, so just how, how it's been kept. And it, it's surprising how many things actually, you know, there's a lot of seeds in some packets. It's like, but I don't need that many. 
and, and some last longer. So I've got a chart here that we uh, that I put together and for the seeds that will last one year are leeks, onions, parsnip, and sweet corn. Uh, two years, okra and parsley. Um, three years, beans, carrots, and peas. So, you know, if I've planted some peas this year and I didn't use all of them, if I save them, keep them dry in the dark usually, um, uh, then I can plant them from the same seed packet the following year. Will you get the same germination on those? Or sometimes I've heard that, you know, the older the seed yeah, is, you're, you might not get as many that will germinate. Right. Well, there's a, a good way to test that, and that is take a paper towel and put on like 10 seeds of whatever it is and moisten the towel and just let it sit there. And um, then once they start to germinate, you'll know the percentage out of 10 did three seeds germinate? Is that worth taking? Yes, but is 70% germinated? Then I would say they're still good. Right. So it's more of a, because who knows how they've been kept or, mm. uh, or what. But what surprises me, uh, beets, mustard, pepper, pumpkin, and tomato all last four years. That's a long time. And that is a long yeah. time. So it, you don't have to spend quite as much money get maybe a different variety so <laughs> right, that right. you're still having fun looking at that rack of seeds. Um, and then cabbage, uh, celery, cucumber, eggplant, lettuce, melons, radish, rutabaga, spinach, and squash will last up to five years. Wow. I amazing. knew that tomatoes lasted that long yeah. because when they rot in my garden, I have volunteers <laughs> yes. for like multiple yeah. years. Exactly. It's, I mean, even exactly. if we rotate the tomatoes out of that bed, I'm going to have tomatoes in that bed right. for right. a couple right. more years right. as they... Right. So that brings up, you know, it's kind of a good yeah. good segue there, Jeff. So, you know, a lot of us, you know, we go to the store and, you know, we buy a melon that we really like. Oh, this is a great melon. You know, we're scooping out the seeds. Well, the seeds inside of that, we... Will that grow the same melon of what you're eating? It, it, it depends. Um, that, that melon probably, if, depending on where it was grown and how, what other crops are around it, uh, it may cross with another melon or a cucumber can cross with a zucchini and uh, it's a pollination issue when they're yeah. both growing uh, that creates a new seed. But some seeds are, and they'll say it in, the, in your catalogs, that they won't cross. But it's pretty rare that that really, you get all sorts of weird things. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of fun. Yeah, and that's the whole new. benefit of seed mm -hmm. saving is right. that you right. are going to get not exactly sometimes right. what you planted the year before. No. You're going to get a cross of whatever was right. in your garden at that right. time. Right. If you've got okay. several different kinds mm -hmm. of green beans or peas or whatever, um, they don't cross with each other, but uh, beans of different kinds, you may end up, maybe that's how that calico bean was oh, created. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, is that a purple bean and a white bean crossed and right. here you go. Yeah. I had one of the best volunteer tomatoes. Then the ones I put in that I paid money for yeah. the plant was okay, but the volunteer was the sweetest cherry tomato I ever had. So sometimes it's a it's a lucky thing. And it's available for sale. No, <laughs> yes. no, no, no. Patent pending. Yeah. And that's yeah, the other thing, too, fun. is that, um, you know, you can't save money by saving your seeds or, mm -hmm. or you know, cultivating those volunteers. But you're not always going to get 
those new varieties that are out there that have been tested right. and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. and true to what it is. Yeah. So, you know, when we're getting our seed packets, you know, we're going home and, you know, some of them are saying, okay, you can sow them outside now, some you need to start ahead of time. You know, I know we've done, done segments in the past on garden time on seed starting and, but, you know, what's a quick kind of a rundown for somebody that's sitting there, they have all these packets and they're like, now what do I do? Well, the, the, the idea that I, we mentioned earlier is uh, read the packet carefully, clearly, and write down, that's what I do anyway, write down on the outside of the packet what temperature they germinate at and how long it takes from, from seeding to crop. And, um, or even like in basil, how long does it take to get there? I don't seed basil anymore, and I know a lot of people still do. It's just so much easier to buy a pot of basil <laughs> than it is. But if you're into pesto and wanted to do sure. a lot yeah, more, sure. then that's a good thing to do. You know, what kind of you know Mater materials yeah. are, are best if, you know, if we're going to yeah. like seeding indoors? Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, do we need you know? You see all sorts of you know special trays and pots and. Well, there's all sorts of. Contain, as long as it's a container and it drains and your potting soil or seed starting soil is good, that um, uh, you, can, you can do that. You can use the clam shells that you can get that are leftover food trays or for to-go yeah. food. As long as you look, make sure that you poke some holes in the bottom that it'll drain, you can put that lid down and it creates its own yeah. little uh, greenhouse. We had a discussion a little earlier about using egg cartons and whether or not uh, that's a good thing to do or not. Um, it seems like it used to be, but there's been some some uh, some information that says they don't that they don't germinate very well. Yeah, in the some egg the way the, mm -hmm. the papers treated. Or right. Something. Yeah. So I'm I'm I don't have any one on one. I used to work with Peter Chen who. Um, had the most amazing vegetable garden in the whole world, and he started everything early. And he used to ro uh, roll soil in newspaper and put one pea seed in it, and he would end up with his peas started earlier than you would expect. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of inventive ways okay. to use things and not necessarily have to buy a big a specialized tray. Yeah, because there's a lot of special special oh, pots sure, and little sure, you know, heat, sure. heat based heat pots that you can mm -hmm. go plant directly yeah. into the yeah. in the garden. But there's a lot of things that yeah. you can just use in your recycle everyday recycle oh, bin. Sure, sure. That that you can do that. But I like the little pellets, the uh, peat pellets that you throw in the water and mm -hmm. stick one or Those two seeds fun. in. Yeah. I have pretty good success mm -hmm. with that. And you, they're not expensive. You can buy a bag of a hundred for not right. not a lot. And you know, and you, you talked about or mentioned, you know, soil, you know, a, a seed starting soil. That's pretty a pretty important step to remember Stream. no matter what you're planting it in, yeah. the soil is key. Right. Do not use outdoor soil to start seeds in. There's too many microorganisms and other things that will attack your seeds or they'll rot or whatever. So um and the the soils we have here uh, in the Willamette Valley are clay and that holds a lot of water and so you're using that kind of soil from outside your seeds will rot they just will and so a... seed seed starting 
mix is um, you, you got to start there. And there's a term dampening off. Right. Mm. And that's where it rots at the soil right level. Right at the level. And yeah. They, you'll see these beautiful seedlings yeah. and then all of a sudden they just yeah. drop over. Yeah. And that's um, a function of moisture, isn't it? And fungus. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. Absolutely. But speaking of moisture, tell us about like what do seeds require? Because they're seeds, they're not plants, but you still have to water them somehow. Well, there again, it's your seed packet, and it shows you what at what depth to to plant them. Like a lettuce seed, you barely cover them at all, uh, and other seeds, like a pea seed, uh, needs to be mm, an inch or so down uh, before it's to give it room to grow those roots first before it pops out of the ground. Um, so there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of different things that you can learn, as we've said, mm -hmm. with uh, the, the packet itself as to how deep to plant it. And the finer you have the soil, unless it's a huge seed like a sunflower or a mm -hmm. pea, uh, the finer you have the soil, the better your germination will be. Oh, nice. And then should we water them in and then or miss them and we keep up, keep up with that until you see the germination and then you yeah, just, have just to watch keeping that level. them damp, not yeah. watered per se. I mean, you're not gonna slop them out of right. the tray. The but <laughs> a <laughs> mister is a great like, idea. Yeah, a mister, a little spray bottle yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, to, yeah. So just to dampen the uh, the uh, unless it's a large seed, which mm -hmm. you don't usually. The larger ones like squash and uh, they you usually just plant those outside anyway. Right. So right, you don't uh, worry about it as much. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about uh, when seedlings start about primary leaves and secondary leaves and the primary leaves come out a lot of times they look a little different. Those are the very first leaves that come out. You don't want to transplant. No, until... you want to, the seed leaves um, will come up first and then, then that first batch of true leaves will come and after that is when you can transplant into something either slightly different than what you have it in or uh, if it's warm enough, maybe it can go outside. Um, it usually, if you let them get a little hardier, they'll transplant better. What do you, um, I know a lot of people they buy heat mats, and then, you know we were talking about light and heat and all that. Do you really need that stuff? I do. <laughs> I know. We have it. We have it. And it does it help. Does help. Yeah. It, it, it promotes does, root growth. It really yeah. does yeah. help, especially uh, I use it, them in the greenhouse, and when I do. Um, it really helps that to get that that started. If it's not warm enough in the greenhouse, if I haven't heated it, then they won't start as easily. So the heat mats really help. And then you and mentioned lighting. Mm -hmm. So I right. mean, there's you know tons of different you know lighting options now for grow lights. Mm -hmm. You know, is just good old Mother Nature daylight good, or is it? You it know, is if you really have yeah. it. But most right. of our homes have light comes in a certain time of day, but it, right. it's not constant. Right, or if and, like we are here in the Pacific Northwest where we kind of yeah. gray, gray skies and right. dreary for right. months on end when we don't right. have the... So it just depends on how serious you get about wanting right. to do it and, and what you want to invest in it. So yeah. mm -hmm. either, you know, the bottom line is, okay, you can start things from seed, but you can just go to the garden center and buy whatever yeah. you want. That doesn't yeah. work, right? Yeah, because then, you know, because sure. you need, you know, if you're planting tomatoes or whatever, do you need a hundred of the same right. variety mm -hmm. of tomato all from the same pack, or do you just go right. buy one or two right. of the yeah. varieties that yeah. you like? That's true. 
And then one more thing about, so I have all these beautiful seedlings. I've potted them up into bigger pots. And so now it's time, my soil's warm. I can just go from my house into the garden or should I harden them off somehow? Which means acclimate them. Or acclimate them. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. sure. Um, depends on what they are. Some of the more okay. tender plants really don't, it doesn't work very well to move it from a greenhouse or an indoor setting bang outside. Right. But most of them, are, if, you, if the plant is big enough and it's gotten enough true leaves, it should be fine yeah. and to, to take them straight out. Okay. And so, Jan, we were talking about, you know, you're mentioning light, and as the days get longer, it's going to get more light. But it's not just light. I mean, people have to pay attention to, like, frost dates and, and soil temperatures. And we mentioned 45 to 50 degrees before you put stuff in the ground. Is that standard rule around the country kind of thing? I would say, look, there's some local differences, certainly, to, the, in your own microclimate versus somebody else's. Uh, but uh, at this time of year... I, it, it, there isn't really a generic thing you could say, if it's 50 degrees, you can do that. Because some seeds are more temperate than others. Um, so there again, uh, it's the, on the package as far as, and having that fairly inexpensive soil thermometer will keep you out of a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and more success. Right. <laughs> right. And we were talking about kids, getting yeah. kids involved. <clears throat> seeds are perfect. Yeah, yeah. My uh, grandkids, didn't have a choice. They were, <laughs> from the time they would have so much fun playing with the mud in the raised beds in the spring when I hadn't planted anything yet, uh, and they helped Grandpa till and all those That's things. Fun. And it's important to give that background to kids that can feel the soil in their fingers, that can water something and watch it grow. Um, I, the neighbor boys, I usually have, and I think we taped at mm -hmm. one time um, that uh, they helped me dig potatoes. Yeah. To me, as a, I'm a kid, every time I <laughs> dig potatoes, I came home from work once and Ray already dug the potatoes and it was like, don't oh. do that again. Because <laughs> uh, it's just so fun. And there's seeds like peas, uh, sweet peas, uh, big sunflowers, things that are uh, easier for little kids to hold. Um, and then it was mentioned earlier that uh, maybe take a plastic cup and plant your, put your soil in there, your potting soil, and um, and then the kids can watch, literally watch the roots grow um, as they through mature. that clear plastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And some people don't have gardens, so that would be yeah. kind of fun. Sure. You know, if you live in an apartment or you know you just don't sure. have a garden to go to, that's kind of fun to do it in the house. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. And we talked about uh, bringing. Even though it's cold out, there are things blooming or about to bloom, and we've talked about bringing that in, and that's on your list too. So uh, talk about some of the things that people could do to bring some of that outdoor color in. Well, you can always, well, we were talking earlier about floating hellebore blossoms. There's nothing prettier than a floating a bowl of water and, and these different hellebores or other things. I float peonies. I You know, uh, there's a lot of different things you can bring in. This time of year, Forsythia you could bring in and, and force the blooms of, say, Forsythia or uh, like flowering plum or anything that's, any flowering, that yeah. it's going yeah. to bloom uh, and it'll bloom sooner if you, bring, if you bring it inside and it warms up. So it brings that color in the house and also invites you to get out there as soon as you possibly can yeah. to, to get things going. 
And we talked about planning because that is, I almost notice it on every page of notes that you've given <laughs> us. Um, planning, not just for the future, but you know, for the immediate future, but also for the long term. This is a good time of year to go out and look at see how everything's doing. Uh, and, and maybe even take an inventory in the fall to see how stressed things were from the summer before. Um, and just, what do I want to do differently this year? What, what didn't make it, never will make it? I keep babying it and it's still not going to make it. Um, and so what kind of things can you do? Well, I, I know we mentioned one other time uh, where I used to do a lot of landscape designs and I would have people go in the house and say, okay, in the winter, uh, when you're not outside, where do you see your landscape? Um, and have somebody go out there with a shovel or something and you know, move yourself <laughs> around right, and right. decide what you can see from your kitchen window or your living room window, whatever. Um, and then, uh, then decide what you want to put there, and, and you'll see it. It's like I have a Sasanqua uh, winter-blooming camellia that's right at the driveway. So, in, And if it were somewhere else in the yard, I wouldn't probably wouldn't ever notice it. when it's blooming. And so put things where you want to see them if they're winter-blooming or very early spring-blooming plants. And, and we talked about that fragrance. And we fragrant, did that, right? Yeah, yeah. Fragrance, those, those yeah. Sarcococcus and the daphnes, right, right. putting them by yeah. your yeah. walkway right. or absolutely. doorway. Absolutely, absolutely. So that there's there's all sorts of things yeah. you can do. So you know, so you know, we can do a lot of planting now. What about you know, dividing and transplanting? Oh, you know, yeah. things that we saw right. in our yard mm -hmm. and we took notes from last yeah. year that you know it didn't quite work here. I need to move it. Is now that time? To do it, or when it, is a better time? Depending on what it is, I suppose. Um, but if it's a, a pretty established plant that's not too big to move, um, it's it's a good time to do some transplanting. Now, of ornamentals, I'm right. you know not saying the tenderest things, but um, perennials and um, evergreens and things like that, you can certainly do now. Right, because they're getting, you're ready, they're not right, quite popping, right, right. doing any growth right. that you're going to disturb right. right now, but they're just right on the brink of yeah. going oh, sure. to start growing some new roots and, and flourishing. So. One of the first things I'm going to do this year when I end up getting out there to do more um, is prune my buddleia back. Uh, I didn't realize till, because I, I never had it before the last year or so. Um, it blooms again like uh, like blueberries do on new wood, mm -hmm. and but a, so I need to prune it down way lower so that the blooms are going to be uh, smaller, not smaller but shorter, right. uh, where I can see them better. Um, and another plant right now that I'm loving, always do this time of year, is uh, Mahonia. Lamarifolia yeah. that's blooming yellow. Right. The bees were on it the other day. Whoa. A little early, but <laughs> yeah. they must know. Um, yeah. The hummingbirds have been feeding off the flowers. Um, even some of the songbirds will eat some of the spent flowers. Um, and then later they'll eat the berries too. So if that's something you want it to do something, at, right. think about where you're putting it so that you, when you, in the wintertime you're inside right or in the early spring, mm -hmm. you can still see it. Because it's easy to kind of forget about your yard. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, in, the, in the winter months mm -hmm. and when it's sure. dark. And, you know, but it's now there's so much stuff that's just on that verge of starting to mm -hmm. wake up or the earlier bloomings that 
you start paying attention to what's in your yard or wanting color now, right. you know, go walk around a neighborhood or go to your local garden center and see, see what's in because there's a surprising number of plants that you don't see in those other months that you're typically in the garden exactly. center that May through right. exactly. time frame that you're, you're kind of missing out on. Yeah. And now's the time to go, yeah. and go find for sure. Those. And we for were sure. talking too about, you said you have to uncover your pots, but this is the, the time too to refresh those pots. You know, maybe you had that ornamental kale and cabbage from winter time or the pansies. And so maybe get some fresh ones in yeah. because sure. you want that close up color yeah. that you notice right outside your door or to, you know, on your front porch. Sure. So that, you know, it just yeah. looks beautiful and it's ready to go. And maybe you don't want to go out into the, the mud or muck, but no. you can still kind of bring get that things, itch right. bring satisfied. Things in. Right. And while the soil is still as wet yeah. and pliable, mm -hmm. it's a lot of times it's easier to do stuff like that, dividing your hostas, your mm -hmm. epimediums, that kind of stuff, um, because you can actually get down there, get down and dirty and, mm -hmm. and, and dig that yeah. stuff up. So, um, Jan, thank you so much once fun. again. An hour doesn't seem enough. <laughs> we only made it through two months, um, but uh, we hope everybody, this gives you some ideas about um, what to do in your late winter, early spring garden. We'll have Jan back again at another time, but you know, go to your local independent garden center, check with your local extension service. Um, there are things that you could be doing year round, but really in the spring, we're all kind of itching to exercise our green thumbs and there's no reason why you can't. So um, we hope you enjoyed this one. Always go to the gardentime.tv website. We thank Capital Subaru, Al's Garden Center, Portland Nursery, Dram Watering Tools. They're all coming on board to help support the, the podcast. And I'm sure they would appreciate it if you go and visit them as well. So thank you, Jan. And You're welcome. Happy gardening. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing, to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. Where it's your, your way on, on the, the parkway. parkway.